And welcome to High Jinx, the place where we make the necessary unnecessary. I am Joe, one of two people involved in this particular show. Joined today by Noah. Noah James Harden gets traded to the Sixers and makes an immediate impact. What is the best trade you've ever made? I'm going to answer this a little bit differently. When I was a young lad in the countryside, I used to trade baseball cards and, and such. Mm, good one. And my friends you know you know back that's how you did it back in the day you get together with your friends you bring some cars you trade like literally trade cards with each other well at some point pretty early on the because maybe you'd have a double or you know you know you'd have triples of some kind you say that no one else did that but very early for me the enterprising young mind i had said you know what not trading anything unique anymore i'm only trading doubles okay good strategy my, my friends didn't have that same, I don't know, self-control, you might say, or, or conviction. And I would trade doubles for their unique cards. So I just have to say as a strategy. Pure profit. And I specifically remember getting the Michael Jordan baseball card in the White Sox uniform with that strategy. So I kind of would prefer the Michael Jordan baseball cards, any of his basketball cards. Is that is that crazy? Um, it's kind I, of more unique, worth right? More than many of the basketball cards, but I'm sure his rookie basketball card is the most valuable, if I had to guess. And that is his rookie baseball card. <laughs> so, so I guess it's a fair comparison to his rookie basketball card. But yeah. that one just seems kind of cool. If I come over to your place and you got that on the wall, you know that seems that seems uh, kind of fun. Good conversation. Yeah, I think story. it would make it would make the wall. That's probably probably what I should do with them as many many young lads from our generation are now experiencing what the hell do I do with the tens of thousands of baseball cards I collect (laughs) now collecting dust in my parents' home. I definitely still have several boxes, like thousands, thousands of cards. Yeah. It's just in, in a room in my parents' house. I've got a few complete sets. I've got like the Don Russ 86 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And tops 89 all of our first lesson in supply and demand as we watch the value of those things dwindle <laughs> to, to a slow drip over the years. It, um, it really is kind of the first lesson in valuation and scarcity. I remember like, yeah. you know, you'd have to get a magazine like Beckett's baseball magazine that had oh, the yeah. values. And that was like, Beckett the, was the shit. That was the Kelly blue book. I don't know how Beckett had all this time to do all this, but <laughs> that guy's the man Kelly blue book value, basically of baseball cards. And that's how you would make, you know, trades of commons. That's one thing. But if, if you're trading cards like $4, $6, like people would definitely be interested. Did you ever go to the baseball card store? Did I? You live there. You, you live there, huh? Okay. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. We had one open up the neighborhood. They had some good stuff, man. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, that was like the, 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 the trading with friends was just kind of what you did, you know, pretty regularly, regularly hanging out. The, the trip to the shop was like, oh shit, like, you know, it's going down. Like, I'm about to drop like $10 in this month. <laughs> I'm about to drop all 20 bucks that I got for my birthday yes. on this thing. Yes. And you're all evaluating, you're like, hmm, that one's six. That one's, that was seven, but it's sweet. Oh, do I want two? Do I want one six and one seven or one 13? Oh, what else? <sighs> you walk out, it's in the hard case. You're just like, Boom. What's up, bitches? They always get you like, you need a hard case for this new card, right? You're like, I guess I do. So it's kind of his first like classic upsell, scarcity, supply demand. 
okay, so my best trade was that's a good trade. So my best trade was kind of similar. So CDs, another thing that I don't know if you still have all your CDs. I have all my CDs. It's over a thousand CDs. You know, I, I've got multiple of like those massive books. I was in the BMG Music Club a hundred times. I had a dozen aliases. I would sign up for, you know, one cent and get eight free CDs and then you cancel and then you have another name. You sign up. I'm getting all these. You gamed it? What's that? You gamed the BMG system. Well, I mean, I think they knew what was going on. And then sometimes I would order one because when you did buy a CD, it was like 20 bucks or 25 bucks, you know, because yeah. if you took the one that they mailed you or you forgot to cancel it, you know, that type of thing. Oh, uh, that was so, all model. Yeah, I definitely have a just a thousand CDs or more. I still have them all. So I have no idea what to do with these things. Maybe I'm going to make a jukebox someday. That's my dream. Right. That'd be so, sweet. Yeah. That'd be, that, right. That'd be sweet. I mean, oh, it was totally worth it. Hanging on to these CDs for 30 years. And after your $25,000 jukebox project, do you realize that that's what Spotify is? Yeah. Yeah. But, but not as, cool. <laughs> not as cool. Not as cool. Not as cool. Not as cool. You can't touch the buttons. You know, it's not the same. You know, you got to get that vintage jukebox. So when I was uh, working at a restaurant after the shift one night, it was freezing. And this guy had this Hurley sweatshirt, pretty sweet Hurley sweatshirt. And I had the Blink-182 Cheshire Cat CD, killer CD to this day. M&Ms, you know, wasting time. So many good tunes on that. So we got the Cheshire Cat CD. And basically he was like, hey, I'll trade you this sweatshirt for that CD. Now, at the time, this is kind of a risky move, but I was cold. I needed the sweatshirt. So I said, all right, let's do it. And we kind of thought we'd like trade back later, but we never did. And the reason it's such a good trade was like, yeah, Spotify. Now, now I have the CD and the sweatshirt. I still have the sweatshirt like 10 years later. I've also got the CD. So it really, really came up roses. Well, I hate to break it to you, but it's been a lot more than 10 years, but I, I get it. Everything feels like about 10 years ago. So I'll yeah. let that slide. Uh, and... Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just to catch all. <laughs> 10-ish, right? Um, it's either been 5, 10, or 20. Right. It those are my only 20. Those are my yeah. only references no, of time. It's not quite 20. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. 10 until it's 20. Right. Well, uh that's good to know. Uh, I'd encourage you to, to buy another hoodie at some point, but if that one still works, you know, keep rocking it. It keeps me just as warm as ever. And it's got that vintage feel to it now. So yeah. Some people call those holes. <laughs> I call them, you know, worn experience thing. You know, I earn those holes in the, in this sweatshirt, you know, falling off skateboards. I don't skateboard, but exclusive vintage styling. Yeah, it's a vintage styling. That's right. It's probably worth more than it was when I got it. Hell yeah. If you ask Urban Outfitters, it certainly is. They probably sell them for like $200. Is that sweatshirt 20 years old? <laughs> oh, Twice we, we as much. sell that to a 13-year-old and they will think it's so cool. Let's find out where is our mind. Got to talk James Harden. Harden making the Sixers a legitimate title contender immediately. Immediately. It, it's pretty tough to find a As we said. star player. Yeah, we were in on this the star player. You know, people, we got to talk about all this, but star player comes in. It's very rare to, you know, for them to just like fit like a glove like right away. So, I mean, James Harden, the Sixers, a legitimate title contender. You know, he's averaging like 14 assists in the two games. It, it's uns- it's insane. Watching the Sixers, everything's easier for Embiid, for Maxi, just the whole, everything looks so much better. 
you got to think some of it is Harden is used to starting over since he's changed teams like four times in the last five years or something. He's so a he's total like, pro. He's like, I got this guy. I'm just going to stay at the hotel for a while. So I figure out where I'm going to stay. But yeah, I mean, match made in heaven. We'll see. Harden's the guy that like great at starting relationships, you know, like those first six months are always a ton of fun. But okay, so I kind of think let, let me just uh, defend him a little bit, right? So he was in Houston for a long time. It, you know, it's not like he's been doing this a ton. Yes, he did force his way out of Houston, but they were on their way to being the worst team in the league. So I, I don't really blame him for not wanting to be there. I do. I don't like the tactics that he used. Like I, I personally don't think I'd be able to, like, not go hard in a game, you know, or that type of thing. Like, I think Harden, like, intentionally gained some weight when he was on the Rockets. So, you know, so he'd be slower and they trade him. So I don't like those those strategies. But, like, I don't mind him wanting to get out of Houston when they're, you know, post-peak and on the way to being one of the worst teams in the league, which they are right now. Then the Brooklyn thing, I don't know, man. It just seems such a weird situation. Like, the stuff with Kyrie only playing home games and being out. I don't know. It just – I I don't so that one yes you blame Harden but like the Houston one I kind of give him a little bit of a pass on you know am I being too generous here? I guess yeah I mean I guess it makes sense in my head there were more than that I I think I just combined him and Russell Westbrook into the same person and, <laughs> you know uh, I, I do realize they're they're different but yeah um, Westbrook seems like he's probably got a worse worse track record in that regard the last few years and certainly not still playing at the, the level that Harden is. So maybe Westbrook. I'm too hard on it, but like you said, I think that's largely driven by some of the attitude and, and, you know, tactics used along the way just seems kind of like an asshole, but Hey, he's on your team now. So, you know, uh, let bygones be bygones. Right? That's a reasonable criticism, right? I mean, I, and I wasn't like, Oh, I love Harden. I kind of wanted to get Damian Lillard, you know, but now like seeing Harden, it's like, wait a second. This is like freaking one of the best offensive players in NBA history. And it's just so obvious. He's such a good passer. And we kind of just all lost our minds and forgot that Harden was MVP level when he got to the Nets last year. He was kind of the glue on that team, handing out double digit assists every night to KD and Durant, uh, KD and Irving. Right. So, you know, he's that good. I mean, he's that insane of a player. It, people just kind of forgot, like people are like, Oh, I'd rather have Ben Simmons on his next contract than Harden on his. Like, what are you talking about? Like Simmons is a good player and I hope he succeeds, but th the other option is one of the like 20 best offensive players in NBA history, you know? So, so to trade Simmons and two first round picks, I, you know, this is just a crazy steal. I mean, this is how championship teams get built. You get some kind of leverage trade like that and it goes to your advantage. He was definitely in Houston longer than I thought. Looks like eight full seasons and then the start of a night. So, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, and OKC, like maybe the one of the worst trades in NBA history. Yes, <laughs> Trading was, OKC really to Houston the first time around. So, Daryl Morey is now traded for Harden twice. And, I, you know, that's his guy. I mean, that's just his guy. Have you watched any of these games? The highlights are so sick. Harden saw the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. Harden's running by. He just drops the pass behind him to Embiid. <laughs> like, how does he even know he's there? And Embiid seven, two running like a four, six 40 or something. I mean, you know, it's just, Clydesdale. it's madness. Yeah. That's a good, I like that. He is. So I don't know. We're going to talk East winners and pick East teams 
uh, draft of like the top East teams later. So we'll, we'll see how you're feeling on the Sixers when the uh, metal meets the money. Stay tuned. Move on to John, John Morant. John Morant is blowing my mind right now. This guy, I, I'm not sure who to compare him to. Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade. You know, he's kind of got this just like mystical quality to his athleticism and his his mental acuity for the game. I mean, he just set the franchise record for the Grizzlies twice in one week. He's dropped 52 on the Spurs. Let me run through some of these actions. Did you see these highlights from this one? No. Okay. It's They're two minutes long, first of all. It's like two straight minutes from a single game. In the first quarter, he dribbles like six feet to the right of the logo at half court and for no reason shoots a three-pointer from the logo and swishes it in. There was like 14 seconds on the shot clock. There was no need. He was just feeling it. He was like, you're going to lay off me? I'm shooting from the logo tonight. Drains it. And now it's just a sign of things to come. Uh, Steven Adams, 0.4 seconds, 0.4 seconds left in the first half. He throws like a Grant Hill style to Christian Leitner pass, except Morant catches it like almost going out of bounds at the three-point line at the very edge of the court, like corner corner three placement, catches it midair, lets it out of his hands before his feet hit the ground, and then makes it. Like, it was just one of the sickest games of all time. Then he's mixing in these drives. He reminds me of Dwayne Wade because he's always going to the basket. You're a little worried that he's going so hard and getting knocked down so much. You're like, how long can he do this for? Iverson kind of had that quality too. But, I mean, we just got – I mean, just John Morant appreciation. To me, he's like Cooper Cup, John Morant, that's us. Yeah, and just to to recap, we concluded not Jaw Rule's son, but potentially named after Jaw Rule. That aside – You cannot rule that one out for sure. cannot rule. I, I would say yes. Like, if we can get an interview with his mom, I will ask her. But that aside, I agree He's he's – off the hook, off the chain, as the, the kids say. In 1997. I, I, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We weren't talking about specific timelines. We were, <laughs> I, do, I pulled up the numbers, and they are elite, I, I have to say. Yeah, and what's we, he doing? What's he cooking? Well, as you told me a long time ago, uh, in, in reference to John Lackey and the year <laughs> he broke out, um, when you really look angels? at yes, when you really look at year over year growth, that's how you can kind of extrapolate and project and hope you know what you're going to get in a fantasy draft and for that matter as a real GM. And he went from 19.1 to 27.6 points this year. He's up eight and a half points, which is insane. That's a ton. Percentage is just as good. Well, he gets even better percentages are better all of them wow so more shots and better he's taking five more shots and he was 45 he was 40 almost 48 his rookie year then 45 now 50 percent from the field he's and my knock on him like a lot of people was before he just couldn't shoot like last year you know mm. you see him miss shots and it's like mm, until you can shoot in today's nba i don't know um his three-point percentage is his career best 34.4 still not elite, but you know, that's passable. It was 30 last year. So 4% from three. Right. And then even well, free throws is his best was actually his rookie year, but he's at 75, uh, which was an improvement on last year. Rebounds are up almost two a game assists are down just a little, but 
you know, you'll take that trade off with everything else. Yeah. Plus eight points. I mean, that's, that's worth one assist down or something. So I think he could challenge your, your hypothesis and statement that he has to have one year before he's in true consideration. I feel like he's got to be in the mix. And I think your boy Iverson actually came out today and said that John Morant should be considered for MVP. Oh, really? Okay. The answer chiming in. I like it. Uh, AI doing commercials now too. I think it's it's cool. I think he should be like one of the faces of the NBA. Um, Yeah. Hopefully he's gotten his shit together. I know he struggled there for a while. Yeah. I I think there's like some inconsistency, you know, (laughs) as we, as we might say, the story is about like when he would sell a house or crazy Iverson, like he'd sell a house and there'd be like 10,000 in cash on the floor. Like that. They just, Oh really? Yeah. Stuff like that. Like uh, Matt Geiger was, so Iverson had a place and Geiger got traded to the Sixers and bought it from Iverson. And he said, when he moved in, there was like stuff everywhere, like including cash. Oh my uh, gosh. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't, uh, who hasn't left $10,000 behind uh, and just not gone back for it. Yeah. So, I, to answer your question about comps, the one that has always come to mind with, with jaw is the peak Derek Rose peak D Rose. Oh, that's a good one. Um, and, I kind of think he's better than that. Am I, am I crazy? I mean, he won MVP, right? It's like, forget. He was the youngest MVP in NBA history. Um, now, who's, who, you know, who's to say? He, he does seem better than that. I think his numbers might – I haven't looked, but I would say that they might be better than that. But, but there was a couple of years there where Derrick Rose was just as explosive as anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. To, to taking the ball. To and in college, too. In college, yeah, Rose like was that like, was his, yeah. his game. and. You know, so yeah, maybe a little better than that. Um, seems to be coming along as a shooter more than I thought, like I said. And and Derek Rose, uh, I don't think ever really got there, obviously derailed by terrible injuries. But yeah, that's who I think of a little bit. Of Iverson, he's 6'3, so you know, more kudos for Iverson that he was doing this is like five inches shorter or something. Six, yeah, six inches shorter. Five ten, five eleven, yeah, one one sixty-five. I mean, just like regular guy size. So John Moran, he's not Steph Curry, right? He's not. Oh, Iverson is football. I mean, those are, those are talk about a great YouTube, Uh, but Morant is not Steph Curry, right? He's not that kind of shooter, but he, he has, he's got just this charisma about him. I mean, it's no surprise to me that the Grizzlies are going to be really dangerous, you know? Yep. All right. So small school, man, Murray state. Oh, that's where he went. Murray state number two overall. Yeah. It went Zion. Did it go Zion jaw? Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Want to go downside here. The Grizzlies are looking awesome, but the Lakers are a mess. It's a little hard to figure out why. Like, I I mean, I know their roster sucks, but should it be this bad? Uh, They're 27 and 33. They're in the play in. they're the nine seed right now. Uh, Three and seven in their last ten. Anthony Davis is out for the foreseeable future, like next month or so at least. I, I mean, they're just in they're in massive trouble here, and, and they have no real options. It's it's the worst case scenario when you look at the the big three that they have, and if you were to talk about you know what's best and worst case, it's pretty much worst case across the board. Westbrook is not the same player. He obviously has hit you know, an age, age cliff and is, is just 
you know, a, a solid role player now, but I, as you said in a text, you know, it's looking like Iverson and, and some others in the end of their career when not transitioning very gracefully to, to being a role player like Carmelo, you know, comes to mind. Or Vince Carter. Uh, on the Vince same Carter. Season, Vince Carter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, there's his aspect. AD cannot stay healthy. I felt so bad for him. Came back uh, one game, not even a whole game, looked great and rolled his ankle so bad. Um, mm. So that just sucks. He can't stay on the court. And LeBron finally looking his age. I mean, you can't knock LeBron. He's the numbers are still there. Numbers are still there, but in terms of missing time, you know. Um, so that was the worst case scenario. You got AD missing most of the season, LeBron on and off the court, just with nagging kind of aging injuries and and Westbrook skills declining, which are going to look magnified because of his style as someone who's always turned the ball over a lot, not been a great shooter and relied on athleticism. You take, you know, skills down a notch because of age and that game starts looking real ugly real fast. I would say if like Harden was on the Lakers, right. LeBron would look amazing again. You know, in my opinion, you know, if they had some, like, that's what they were hoping Westbrook would do. Right. You know, someone who could play make, you know, things like that. That just has not been the case at all. So that's I, LeBron just, he's basically playing center for them and, it's just really hard to have your center also be like your point guard also be, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Which is like what Malik, he did for years on the caps. Malik Monk's having like a good, yeah, he, he did do that for years on the caps. That's true. So yeah, he just, he he's at the age younger. where he really shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Westbrook, that trade kind of tanked their team. They, they let go of Caruso, uh, you know, for financial reasons, they could have just paid him and kept him. Uh, they had Kyle Kuzma, who's having a great season for Washington, and they just wanted a better off. deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just would have been better off. It's like the 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 plant in the corner test. Like I've got this fern in the corner, or I got me. Sometimes you are worse than the fern in the corner because you're making all these moves. Just if they just kept Kuzma, kept Caruso, <laughs> they'd be better. I'm not saying they'd be championship, but they'd be better. They wouldn't be in the plan. Yeah, they're they're pretty screwed and. Uh, as much as I love LeBron and and don't want him to be in this crappy situation, I love seeing the Lakers suffer. Just as a as a longtime Mavs fan and longtime you know hater of the the obvious choices like Lakers and Yankees and, and these teams that everyone gets behind, that part is kind of nice. It sucks that Le- LeBron's part of it though. That's like the fifth circle of hell, the Yankees-Lakers fan. Like, give me a break. Two Cowboys. different coasts. Get, get out of here. Don't talk to me. I don't want to be your friend. It's Cowboys, Lakers, Yankees. Like, if you meet somebody that that's their three favorite teams, I, I, it's like, just I, run. Yeah, because there's no explanation where there's like a family lineage for all three. No. Or, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, the explanation is douchebaggery. That's the only one. <laughs> just going, yeah, just going for the ultimate. Uh, winner pick, and the, I guess it is funny that those teams, you know, have had yeah, some, it's beautiful uh, some down years. Yeah, it's it's easy. I love rooting for like the the Kings and stuff like this. All right, so talk about your Mavericks here. They're looking good. We got to give them a little due. They are. I I am hopefully dead wrong in in my previous statements about the trades so far. I look wrong, and it's it's the best kind of wrong. Spencer Dinwiddie's been awesome. Bertans has the most narrow shoulders I think I've ever seen for a, a full-grown athlete, but somehow he, he's got that, uh, 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 Lithuanian, is that what he is? Lithuanian 
Do you know what his nickname is? No, no. Really, it's really pretty hilarious. I can't say it with a straight face. Like, I don't actually call him this, but the Lithuanian laser. Ooh, okay. Okay. A little alliteration there. Yeah, a little, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm trying to come up with a, a little new tongue nickname, twister. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really like it. But man, he's just one of those guys. He's got that stroke where when he's confident and on, he's just he's knocking down buckets. So he's a nice, nice piece. And and Dinwiddie, I was afraid that Dinwiddie was a another Brunson, right? And he has a little bit of the same game, but the, honestly, Brunson, you know, maybe. Maybe I'm right because Brunson hasn't played that well. Like when you look at the stat lines, like Dinwiddie's been playing much better. So I don't know if it's going to be hard for them to coexist, but Dunwiddie, Dunwiddie, Dinwiddie is (laughs) quite a bit bigger and, you know, that matters. So it's like if Brunson was four or five inches bigger and, you know, um, and still strong which Dinwiddie is then you can just tell he can take people to the basket a little bit better so um it's been the weird thing that that Dinwiddie has been really like kind of back like I I don't know what was in the water in Washington but that was just not a good fit for him and then Brunson who was awesome in this first half of the year it seems like they're they've added a great Dinwiddie but they're losing a little bit from Brunson I mean so it's it's a little bit like two steps forward one step back kind of thing yeah, I don't know how they'll coexist, really. You know, Brunson's still been starting, but Dinwiddie's been getting those big six-man off the bench, you know, scoring 20-plus points kind of thing. So maybe they'll figure it out. I don't know. You, you would think there's room for for two guys like that to, to score if that's really, you know, what you need, those the second and third scoring options. But, yeah, so far Brunson doesn't really seem to be fitting in with him. Yeah, it – Honestly, uh, I was skeptical of Jason Kidd hire. I, I thought that was going to not work out, and it, it's been good. A little bit of a slow start, but, it, I mean, it, they've been good. They're looking really dangerous. If they can avoid, like, a terrible first-round matchup, they keep having to play the Clippers. <laughs> I, like, I think they could make a run uh, if they could, you know, they. but they need, like, they need to get into that top three or four so they get home court, yeah, that kind of thing. A team yeah, that's okay. seems important. I agree on the home court and yeah, unfortunately they do look like the fifth best team if I'm being honest. So in the West. We need to, yeah. So we need to see, we need to see them beat some more of those top teams. They just had that incredible comeback against the Warriors and that was awesome to see. I think those kind of games are crucial if you're going to really be a championship caliber team to, to, you know, not quit. And, but you know, the, the Suns just, kind of punk them every time they play the suns it looks like you know the suns are on a different level uh the jazz just beat them although that looked like a playoff game it was back and forth both teams played really well and the jazz just pulled it out at the end so i, I don't know I, I think at the moment like you said home court's really going to decide some of those matchups when you look at memphis utah dallas and and denver you know kind of that that set like those teams are all close enough that i think it, it could go you know six seven games and home court really make a difference maybe with chris Stapps too the thing is just that you know this is a little bit like ben simmons and philly it's hard to estimate how big of a difference just like not having to deal with that situation anymore is you know so it's like simmons wasn't playing for philly at all players have to answer questions players are thinking about it the team's incomplete everybody knows there's going to be a shakeup. You know, maybe with Chris Stapps, it's just a little bit like it just wasn't working. And so, you know, having him move on, good luck in Washington. But it's just like, 
maybe it just kind of cleans the air, clears the air a little bit for them. Well, everyone definitely noticed that literally as soon as KP was gone, Luca was like, okay, I'll go ahead and go like 40, 15, and 15 every game now. Like he's just absolutely bonkers, uh, you know, since KP was gone. And so, yeah, there's got to be something to it. It's hard to believe that's coincidence. If Luca doesn't come in, he needs to come in to camp in shape next year for me to fully respect him. I can't take this coming in out of shape every year, taking like 20 games to get like, I, you're the man, just stay in shape. All right. Let, that and, and the complaining to officials, man. It, he's, oh, that's still going he's on. Okay. Grow up. That's, a, that's really annoying. And choose your battles at the end of the day. That, that's my thing. It's like, it's choose your battles. It's the boy who cried wolf. You can't complain constantly or no one can tell the difference anymore. It's like when you have legitimate complaints, then it just looks like all the other ones, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to have some of those little uh, boy that cried wolf kind of. Uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the refs give most of them, you know, some of them are shitheads, but most of them give the stars some slack and will yeah. let them yeah. complain about the, you know, a few times a game, like really complain. But anyway, that, that's the two things. He's got to take that step up if, if they're going to be a championship team. A team that is not going to be a championship team is the Sacramento Kings, but my favorite team to root for <laughs> out of nowhere. How could you not root for a team that never goes anywhere, but is always trying and looks kind of exciting doing it year after year? They are, since the Sabonis trade, seven games, three and four. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> three and four. Obviously, the trade worked. It's totally worth it. Sabonis, Sabonis has been awesome. Like his stats are, are out of control, but they're only three games out of not the playoffs, but the play in. So they're three games out from the 10 seed. I'm, I'm rooting for them. I think they're going to get it. Well, let's just hope that the Kings and Lakers play in the play in. Cause man, oh, talk about worlds colliding. That would be uh, that. I mean, flashbacks to the Chris Weber, Shaq and Kobe uh, series. Yeah. All right, tell us about uh, our last Where's Our Mind. Well, we talked about Zion earlier in that draft going number one ahead of John Morant's two, and I think it's time to start talking about what does that look like in the future? Everyone knows the the Sam Bowie and and Michael Jordan uh, situation, you might say. Uh, Michael Jordan turned out to be a little bit better than Sam Bowie and also went number two. Uh, Are we going to be talking about that with Ja and Zion? The, the other examples that, that come up, unfortunately, are Greg Odom, who was a number one pick. And was it also foot injuries for him? I don't remember, but I want to say it was. It's like these big guys, mm-hmm. you can't deal with stress fractures in your, in your foot. And I, I hate to say it, but that was the knock on Zion was just he's so big and explosive that people were like, man, like it's almost – it's not almost like it's unnatural like that body type doesn't exist like people aren't 280 pounds and you know that fast and explosive so it's like can can his body really keep up and and it looks like he's gonna miss the whole season you you feel bad for the guy Um, but but what does his legacy look like the other the other kind of path is you know uh, Joel Embiid started his career injured and has now been pretty damn good now I will say he missed the first two full seasons Two full seasons. Yeah. So it, it could go either way. And and when I made this note, I will admit in my mind, I always think Joel Embiid was the number one pick, but he actually wasn't. He so, was, he would have been if he didn't get hurt. 
So he was number three. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's, you know, hopefully I think that's Zion's best case scenario at this point. Right. Um, is, is a rough Rocky start, but in a few years, hopefully we're talking about Zion as, as a potential MVP. And when I possible, you know, hopefully, hopefully, right. We just want him to be healthy and, and living up to his potential. The, the games he played last year, I didn't realize, but he scored like 27 a game. Like he, was he was awesome on that scoring level for sure. Now, you know, you could say he doesn't rebound enough for a guy that size, but hey, just getting healthy and on the court is really all we can ask at this point. The 2014 draft where Embiid went. So it was the number three pick. Number one was Andrew Wiggins. Oh, that was, oh, okay. That was the Wiggins draft. Okay. Right, right, right. Yes. So, you know. And then uh, oh, the, guy from Duke, the guy from Duke yes. went number two. Jabari uh, Parker. Jabari Parker. Right, right, right. Yeah, so clearly Embiid's winning there. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, solid player, solid career. First-time yeah. All-Star this year, maybe his best season. So good totally. for him. Good totally. for him. Jabari Parker, not so much. I don't know his story, but clearly. Uh, he didn't really dominate, and then he got he had injuries, uh, right. knee injuries. Yeah. But as I'm looking through this draft, it quite possibly is the best second round of all time. Okay. <laughs> Listen to some of these second round yeah, picks. Okay. A uh, guy named Nikola Jokic. What number overall? 41. Yeah. Sick. To the Nuggets. So, man, what? Like maybe one of the greatest craft picks ever to, to take him at 41 and keep him. It's rare to keep a second round pick, really, even through camp, right? <laughs> let alone yeah, uh, totally. to let him, let him develop. All right. Uh, some other Spencer Dinwiddie, number 38 overall. Wow. Really good nice. player. Jeremy Grant, 39 overall. $20 million a year. Dwight Powell, 45 overall. Jordan Clarkson, 46 overall. Six man of the year candidate. Yeah, maybe last year. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty awesome. So when we just throw around, oh, just trade a second round pick, you're like, that could be Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. And in in most years, you know, you're lucky to have like two guys that you go back and look and like, okay, two of the guys in the second round are like still around and relevant. But that was what five or six that he's named. I, I I was just kind of blown away, and not not just like role players, like really good, you know, star level players in in, in a couple of their cases. So, yeah, that that's the uh, 2014 draft recap for you. All right, so I don't think Zion is Greg Odom because he's already showed elite level skill set, but I don't think he's going to be Embiid either. I will see Zion doesn't seem like he wants to be in New Orleans, so maybe a little change of scenery. But he's kind of checked out there. CJ McCollum was like, I couldn't get a hold of him. <laughs> he was trying to text him, like, hey man, I'm here. I got traded to the Pelicans, your team. He's like, I, I didn't hear from him for a week. Like, you, yeah, come on. You, you can't be the face of a franchise to do that. I know he's like 22 or something. These are high expectations, but he's got to clean that up if he wants to be elite, elite, elite. And so I don't think Joel beat, I'm kind of thinking like Rick Smith's Duncan Dutchman <laughs> <laughs> also had foot surgeries. You know, I also had like some problems like this early on and then just kind of dealt with it his whole career, but he was still really good. Like when he played, he was really good. I'm a little bit worried about that. I, I Zion's body, the way he plays, you can just watch him and it, you're, you're kind of just worried he's going to get hurt. It's you violent. Know? It's violent and it's, it's mesmerizing, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's just a lot. You certainly know more about Rick Smith's than I gave you credit for. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't keep quizzing me, but 
you know, like what country was he from? Oh, he's Dutch. He's the Dutch Dutchman, of course. So yeah, he's a post NBA career is pretty interesting. He's into uh motocross motorcycles. So really pretty fun to see him like seven, four, seven, four on the motocross doing the jump, like the wheelie on the Hills and stuff. Underrated live sports event, by the way, if you've never been to a motocross. Oh, I have my wife and father-in-law are super into it. So oh, it, it's I, a good I, ride. I've been indoctrinated and it is quite entertaining. Quick break to tell you a word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Ehrlich's Underwater Dining Extravaganza. Whether it's for a birthday, an anniversary, or just a raucous and ready Saturday night, everyone is looking for that special dining experience that you'll remember forever. Thanks to Ulrich's Underwater Dining Extravaganza, the search is over. Look no further than Ulrich's Underwater Dining Extravaganza for your next anniversary meal or birthday celebration. Here's what Ulrich does. He has revolutionized restaurant dining with a brand new experience. Whereas most restaurants happen above sea level, Ulrich takes you down, down, down underground to where the freshest fish lay. Ulrich's Underwater Dining Extravaganza provides you with a space helmet to put on so you can breathe. And then you go underwater to actually eat dinner with a litany of the freshest saltwater fish. It's incredible. It's like scuba diving before your mouth. How do you eat with a space helmet on while you're underwater? Ulrich's patented technology leads the way. You got to check this place out for an experience you'll never forget. Jeff Bezos is going to the moon in a rocket. You're going to Ulrich's Underwater Dining Extravaganza. Bragging rights for life with your special someone. Bring them to a dining experience they'll never forget. Ulrich's Underwater Dining Extravaganza. You'll probably survive it. Just kidding. LOL. <laughs> All right, time to bring on the bets. Bets are so unnecessary. Everybody go and grab your so I have a quick question. Are we going to do our draft tonight? Or are we skipping that? No, we're doing that right now. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. It's basically, and... I'm, I'm making that a bet. I'm kind of just improvised, okay, 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 improvising okay. that to be a bet. Yeah, what do you think? It's, like, kind of, sure, it's a bet between us. I'm down, you know, I'm down to move quick, maybe skip a couple of things. We ain't skipping that draft. <laughs> right, we're on the draft, as promised. All right, so here we go. The moment we've all been waiting for. We got the top eight teams in the East. We're going to draft them. Noah will end up with four. I'll end up with four. It's wins from today forward. I got the records here. This is, I'm going to list them in order. The top eight seeds in the East. You got the Heat, 41 wins, Bulls, 39, Sixers, 37, Bucks, 37, Cavs, 36, Celtics, 36, Raptors, 33, Nets, total wild card here, 32 wins right now. So we got eight teams. We'll keep track. Who has the more? We did this once before, but we did 500 teams. Now we're doing the eight teams in the East. And I think the East is really where it's at. I, I know some people talk about the Suns, Golden State. We'll do we'll do the West later. But to me, the East is so interesting right now. You got this huge jumble of teams. The Celtics are surging. The Cavs are a great surprise. So I want to see like kind of where we lay out when the we put our money in our mouth here. So deep, so deep. Put that ass to sleep. In the words of Ice Cube, the East is deep this year. And I, I noticed one thing: you left. The wizards off here so that might be <laughs> yeah i just got tired by the time you know they're, got... they're certainly in the top eight right <laughs> yeah you gotta keep looking uh, i think I they're know. 10 right now you get first pick i'm gonna break your heart and go sixers okay i like it i like it i was that's probably who i would have gone 
Uh, all right, let me think then. Who do I think? Uh, all right, I'll take the – give me the Heat. I think the Heat are super dependable. I don't see them falling off a cliff. Could very well end up with the one seed. The Heat is on. Give me the Bucks. Okay, nice. All right, so the Bulls are getting stiffed here so far. Not a believer in the Bulls. All right, I'm going to go – I kind of want the Celtics. Give me the Celtics. Celtics have been on fire. They've been awesome. Yeah, I, I honestly, I as a Sixers fan, I'm a little like, just not the Celtics. They they kind of have our number. I'll go Bulls here. Okay, nice. All right, and I'm going Nets. I think big upside there. So we've got Raptors and Cavs left. Yeah, and the Nets like KD's coming back. Kyrie probably get to play soon. Simmons, maybe in a couple weeks. Sure. Talk yourself into it. Rationalize away. <laughs> Give me the Cavs. Man. Are we got, I, we got Cavs and Raptors. It's a shame that Darius Garland has, has gotten hurt because he he's on that potentially jaw-like trajectory. The step up he took this year was big. If he did, you know, one more step he could be on that level next year and he was carrying them in a lot of ways and he's been out and they've been losing. So hopefully he gets healthy. Cause I really like this Cavs team. Darius Garland for LeBron James in a trade. Who says no? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, the dollars probably don't work, but <laughs> they certainly don't, but yeah, I, I, if they can make the dollars work. Yeah. It seems like a win-win. I, I, I don't think Cleveland's trading Garland for LeBron. I mean, that as, Maybe crazy as that sounds, I, I don't think. Well, and it would have to be Garland and some other contracts. Yeah, right? maybe like, Kevin Love or something. Yeah, that's true. That actually, yeah, they they can make it work. Yeah, Love I mean, like Garland. I I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like uh, the Lakers would be like, yeah, Garland looks awesome. You know, a little would. LeBron would love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's pissed. I mean, looking at this Cavs team, like, oh please, let me go play with this Cavs team. I know, but LeBron, the GM, is, I mean, training training for Westbrook was a disaster. All right, so you're taking the Cavs. I'm going Raptors. All right, give me the Raptors. The only team left. So I'll take the Raptors over not having a fourth team. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, All right, so you ended up with Sixers, Bucks, Bulls, Cavs. I ended up with the Heat, the Celtics, the Nets, and the Raptors. All right, bring on some more bets. We already did that. Okay, bring, bring on some more bets. All right, a uh, couple of bets I want to mention real quick here. Talking about Eastern Conference winners. Who do you like here? Nets plus 300, Bucks plus 325, Sixers plus 350. That is just too tight. Just pick whoever you like. There's no value. Right. And then Heat plus 450. Uh, a little disrespect there for the one seed. Celtics nine to one. I personally don't think they're going to come out of the conference. I just think they're going to make a lot of noise. And Bulls 12 to one, kind of interesting. I like you said, I don't love the odds. I, I feel like the Sixers are the favorite in my mind, and then the Bucks probably is how I would, would rank them. And then you know, Nets, Heat, but or Heat, Nets, I don't know, but I don't love any of those from an odds perspective. So I guess in that case, I'd go Sixers because I, I believe they're the ones that will do it. Yeah, I, I, I like the Sixers, kind of like Bucks did it last year. I don't know if they're going to get you know get it all back together. Brook Lopez doesn't look right, or he's, he's not even playing right now. I, you know, they, they have Grayson Allen on our team, so I can't root for them under any circumstances. 
And the Nets doesn't feel like their year. I mean, I know Durant's the best player in the world, but this doesn't like feel like their year, but it, it always could be. So yeah, I, you know me, I'll take the Sixers there, but Heat plus 450 strikes me as kind of, kind of interesting too. Daryl Morey was on a, a podcast, a Sixers podcast, the Rice Ricky Sanchez. And uh, he was like, uh, the odds are right. They're like, what are your championship odds? Do you think he's like, well, honestly, the Vegas odds are usually pretty right. They just add about 10, 15% for their VIG. <laughs> he's like, but we have, you know, about, about a six to one, uh, you know, you know, or, you know, in that range, like a 15% chance uh, he thinks of winning based on their roster and stuff like that. So, okay. But yeah, this is just for the East. So, you know, we'll do, we'll do a uh, final stuff later. All right. So you're kind of Sixers heat. Maybe we kind of like, all right, what about the West here? Suns plus 170, Golden State plus 190, Jazz plus 700, Grizzlies 10 to one, Nuggets 11 to one. I'm throwing this in here. I'm keeping going. Mavericks 20 to one. That's for you. Lakers 28 to one Clippers 30 to one. Yeah. Talk about throwing money away on those last two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, you know, I'm, I'm always going to throw some money at, at Mavs just in case they, they pull something off. 20 to one is, is interesting. Yeah. Uh, why not? Um, Nuggets. Uh, I just read that Michael Porter jr. Is coming back and Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray still should be coming back. So, man, if they actually get healthy, which kind of wrote them off, thought Porter would be done. Um, yeah, they, they get very interesting. I like the Jazz. Um, I, like I said, I just watched them play the Mavs, and it looked like a playoff game. It was at Utah, and, and the Jazz came out ahead. But but I was I was impressed. They, they looked more like a championship team than I would have expected. So, yeah, give me that 7-1. Okay, for the Jazz, yeah. I, I fade the Jazz every year, and so far it's worked out for me. <laughs> like I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. You know that I don't know. They they just seem like regular season good to me. They don't. I don't. I'm not buying like Mitchell hanging with the, you know, Giannis Curry and Gobert is is like good defensively, but I don't know. I, I'm just not buying. It. They seem like a regular season team to me. Uh, but I also just I don't know. You know they're kind of I don't like them that much. I guess <laughs> uh, Golden State. I think if Draymond's healthy has a better chance than the Suns. I'm not sure if, you know, how ridiculous of opinion that is, but I mean, the Suns look awesome, but I don't know. I, I, I like the upside of Golden State, but one of the odds that Draymond's going to be healthy, he's still out. Uh, you know, it's like a knee, it's a back, whatever, you know? So uh, give me the Grizzlies 10 to one. That's my Hail Mary Grizzlies yeah. 10 to one, or I'll go Nuggets 11 to one. I like either one of those. Plus 190, plus 170, those aren't really good enough for me to want any of the action on for the Suns or Golden State. Well, it's definitely an interesting development that CP3 is hurt and the Suns lost two straight without him. I mean, you know, we've been in MVP? awe collectively of, you know, how good he's been on the Suns and took them from a bottom half team to a, <laughs> in the finals. But that also has made us forget that he's up there in years. So, you know, they're not even close to the same team without him. And if he's, you know, it's nothing serious. It doesn't seem, but with the age, you just got to wonder like, uh Oh, you know, hopefully this doesn't turn into like a, a thing where he's, he's missing time in the playoffs and stuff where th there's just no chance they do it without him. The Chris Paul optimist is sitting here going, this is great. He's getting his injury, his playoff injury out of the way now. Right. He, he's played, he's been healthy the last two regular seasons and then gotten hurt in the playoffs each of the last two years. Uh, bad luck, probably. 
you know, but right. you know, it, you're just hoping if you're an optimist, you're like team fresh legs, Chris Paul, you know, not playing for six, eight weeks, keeping the legs fresh, ready for a playoff run. It could work out for them if they can hold on to the one seed. All right. So I like the Grizzlies or the Nuggets and you like the Jazz for the Hail Marys. Yep. All right. And, and we'll both take the Sixers and I'll, I'll maybe uh, nibble on the heat too. All right, let's look into the future. Bring on the crystal. 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 Take a look. The University of North Texas Mean Green men's basketball program is having maybe their best season of all time. America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. We all knew it was coming. Just took a little longer than we expected. Johnny Jones couldn't get it done. Neither Probably like 20 it. years longer. Yeah. 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 There's been a couple of guys, but they're doing it right now. 22 and four. I think they won 14 straight. Ooh. I mean, some people are saying maybe one or two seed. I don't see that happening personally. I would say if we can get 12, that's going to be huge for us. I, I think we were 14 last year, if I remember right. They got to win the tournament though, right? They're just. Are they going to guess get- so? I mean, yeah. I, I haven't dug into it too much. You got to think 22 and four has got them on the radar, but yeah, their, their conference isn't good. Um, they probably still have to win the tournament. Hopefully they do. And if they do, you know, it's going to be their best seed that, that we've seen, you know, in, in the last 20 years, because when they've made it, they've been a 15 uh, most of the time. Uh, I think they were a 16 one year. And then last year they were, I want to say 14, 13 or 14 and won a game. So that was cool. Oh yeah. But yeah, they annihilated man. that team. I haven't looked at the data, but he crushed it. As someone who's uh, obsessively poured over brackets for most of my life, I I feel strongly that the twelve five there's a, a significant increase in upsets when you you look at the oh here's me in the dark uh, when you. <laughs> You know, compared to, to to those other high seeds, I feel like that's where the upsets start to be a little more common. So let's go 12 over five. Plus, that's the best upset seed is 12. You know, I'd rather be a 12 seed than an 11 seed. You know, or, you, know, uh, you know, give me those odds. I'll take those odds. Always the best upset. Yeah. So this is our year. All right. I'm looking forward. Will baseball get their shit together? I mean, I want to watch baseball. I like baseball. I like having baseball on. Maybe I'm like the only one left in America that like cares about baseball. Like I, I really enjoy it. I like having it on. I, I want to watch it. You know, I put it on the background. It's just boring enough that I can keep working and concentrating with it on the background. It's just exciting enough to keep me looking over every once in a while. But are they going to get their shit together? I mean, I'm just they're they're already announcing they're going to miss games now. I just my patience is so thin for for this this crap. You had a deadline for negotiation, and you missed it. So you know, wake me up when you get it together. It's a classic case of they can't see the forest for the trees. Baseball has has been declining in popularity uh, for well documented reasons, and they need to be doing things to modernize the game and increase you know the the pace of the game and and all those things as a as a business. And instead they went the opposite direction and said, you know, we're going to be petty. And, uh, and when I say they, I mean the owners, we're going to be petty and, and, you know, squabble over the details of, of these players' lives. And, you know, we'll just shut down the league because we're doing so well. And, and the league is trending in such a positive direction. We can take this time off to really, you know, 
uh, get these numbers sorted out. I mean, it just, it pisses me off for all the same reasons you said, and, and the popularity is just going to take another hit and, you know, the owners deserve it and, and they'll probably find a way to blame the players, but you know, this is just classic, like, okay, yeah, maybe you'll get the numbers you end up, that you you'll end up with the numbers you want in the agreement at what cost at what cost people stop coming to the game so what did you accomplish yeah they're already like on the fringe of kind of like being hockey yeah <laughs> you know hockey's a great sport but like the national interest isn't really there and they're they're, they're like really on the verge of doing that nba is surging nfl is crushing of course Come on, come on. Uh, MLB players in Japan. What do you think? Bryce Harper, 75 home runs. Hey, I mean, uh, Bryce putting it out there. He was over under 75 home runs. I don't know anything about it, but give me over. Yeah, yeah. Life's too short to bet the under on something like Bryce Harper, Tokyo Giants home run bet. Let's send them all somewhere where there's no rules around PEDs. Let's get them juiced up and let's watch them hit like a hundred home runs. That's what everybody. It would be say. like uh, what's what's the uh, the highway in Germany that's like all, all speed autobahn. Go. Yeah, it was like the autobahn league <laughs> where they just anything goes. The, mean, the pitchers are putting like all kinds of snot and and wax on the ball. Talk about ratings. Yeah, people. And that's our show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being you. And until we speak again, stay jinxed. Tune in next week when we talk about adult diapers. Not that you want to.